0: Gracious Father in heaven, we are very thankful that thou has again given us an opportunity to gather together and that we are yet able to come without any constraints freely to gather together and to expose ourselves to thy word. And so we pray, Father, that thy word may continue to work in our hearts and work that which is pleasing in thy sight, that we would Bring forth the fruit that bring honor and glory to thy name and that our lives would be conformed to the image of thy son and that we can reach men who are still lost in sin by our walk, by the reflection of, of Christ in us. And so we pray, Father, that this understanding only comes through looking into thy word. And so we pray, Father, thy spirit be with us this morning. Bless thy word. May it open our eyes and our understanding to know thy truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (coughs) With the Lord's help, I'd like to read from the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. John, chapter 1. in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth john bare witness of him and cried saying this was he of whom i spake he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace for the law was given by moses but grace and truth came by jesus christ no man had seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then say they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bathabora beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, For he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I have read through verse 34. Every time we bring ourselves to the word of God, we need to ask the question in our minds, what does the word mean to me? How will I receive words that, are, that have been printed on this book that man declared to be the inspired word of God, the declaration of God's thoughts, his intents, his will, his plan revealed in a printed word. That is the, the context that we use as we prepare ourselves to come before the word of God. The word of God is the word of God. It is his manifested will made known to us. Just that alone should cause us to straighten up our backs, to sober up, to become serious about what we hear. Because if God is real, then there will come a time as the Bible tells us that God is going to bring every man and every woman that ever lived and walked on the face of the earth before Him and He's going to bring every human being to give an account of what they did while they lived in their body. And The Bible says that 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 account will be done in a way that God will show no partiality. He will not be a respecter of person. In other words, he can't be manipulated in any way. He is going to judge us according to what we knew and what we did with what we knew. And he's going to judge us based on what we actually did in our our lives as we lived here on this earth. And that is a real sobering thought. And that's why the scripture says that when, when the scripture recommends or commands that we work out our salvation in fear and trembling, it is because God judges impartially. He does not respect anyone. When it comes to, and that's just an old terminology, but it just means that he is not going to be showing favoritism. He does not show any favoritism. We can't come to God and appeal to him in some manner to be a little bit lax with respect to some areas of our lives. We are dealing with God. We are dealing with the one who defines justice. This God declares that in the beginning was the word, the express manifestation of the thoughts of God. And even that, as an explanation, comes so short of what that word means. And that word, which we believe to be Jesus Christ, which is the expression of God, we, we know from another letter in, in the Bible, in Hebrews, that he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory jesus christ being the brightness of the glory of god and the express image of his person in other words that everything that could be summarized in in a high level so that we could capture the essence of god within our limited minds was captured and represented in Jesus Christ. Jesus was the express image of the person of God. Because Jesus could, by being human also, allow us to relate to who God is. And so the essence of God was expressed in the person of Jesus Christ and if we know jesus we know what we need to know about god and the word tells us that this word was with god and the word was god as we know that god jesus and the holy spirit are that three in one entity the godhead the same was in the beginning with god All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And if I would have kept on reading in Hebrews, we we clearly, the letter in Hebrews reinforces this understanding that Jesus was present with God during the act of creation. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So we move in this opening of John's Gospel. John, unlike the other Gospels, doesn't go into the history of Jesus, Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary. Instead, he goes straight to the origin, he goes straight to us understanding. Who God is, and who was with God in the creation process, and what happened when God manifested Himself through the Word, His Son Jesus Christ, and appeared on Earth, and it says in, in Him was life. So there's this now we move from origin and understanding of of what who was present during the, the time of creation and the entity the Godhead entity to this idea that in this Godhead entity resides life and as human beings we we understand the concept of life we understand the concept of respiration the 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 biological processes that, that take place Well, we may not understand those scientifically but we understand the respiration leads to a, a a biological process in our bodies that allows us to sustain and to process and metabolize foods and, and nutrients And we then survive and live out our lives as as organic beings. We understand the existence of life because beyond the scientific definition of who we are, we have the emotional and the personal interaction. We understand that we have friendships, that we have families. We understand the concept of love. We have a big picture in our mind. If everyone were to be asked, what is life? You and I can define life in so many different dimensions. Life. Has meaning to us. And we understand that life begins and ends. It is finite. We understand that. And so when when the scripture says in, in him was life, as human beings, we understand the concept that life for us is finite. It is terminal. It has a beginning and an end. And beyond that, if we only believe in this human existence we would say that what does life refer to here? What is God speaking to when he says life? What else can life mean to me? And so in here it says, in him was life and the life was the light of man. So now we move from the simple mechanical process of respiration to now we are talking about a we're using now symbolic languages that tell us that this life now has a a meaning that is encapsulated in the word light. Life and light are synonymous. They have now a different meaning and as human beings we need to understand this meaning. And the life was the light of man. So so all of a sudden, the life that was possessed, that was present, that was part of the characteristic of God, was now given to man. And man can appropriate this life to themselves, can take it, can take ownership of this life that is held within the word, that is held within the expression of God, that is held within his son jesus christ we can appropriate we can take ownership of this life and in doing so it becomes light to us and john through the holy spirit goes on to define this a little more and he says and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so if you're reading from the King James Bible, the King James Bible says comprehended. And it, if you look at the Greek word, in fact, comprehended or understand is one of the options of this word. Um, other options are that it means to overtake, to, to basically um, overcome. And, it, and so those two meanings which are expressed in other versions of the bible uh, give two very different explanations to this word the king james which is also accurate in the word in the greek meaning of the word that's used for comprehend is telling us that the light came to the world the light shone in this world the and and we haven't yet understood what that light is but that light came into the world and it it illuminated the darkness so it it gives us an understanding that the world was in darkness and as the light came into the world and illuminated the world the world didn't understand it that's what the literal expression or understanding is in this verse it didn't understand it another interpretation would be that it didn't It resisted it and tried to suppress it. It tried to overcome it and overtake it. Either way, the light reacted with us. And we had to deal with the light. We had to deal with the consequences and the the impact of the light coming into the world. Now for us, it says here that there was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all man through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light. And if we, as we read the rest of the scriptures here, we understand that the light that we're talking about here in the capital letters that is used in the King James just to define that it's It's being associated with a person. That light is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who is the Word, who was made flesh, who encapsulated and and represented the essence of God in a way that you and I can relate to, because we can't relate to God. That's the truth. In our minds, we can't even imagine and comprehend the extent of God we can't we haven't seen it it hasn't occurred to us in our imaginations so god needed needed to make himself relatable to human beings by expressing who he was and representing who he is in the form of jesus christ we now relate to god through jesus jesus is the light and john the baptist came to as a forerunner to proclaim the light is coming the light is coming in this world and the fact that the light that Jesus Christ is defined as the light says that before he comes the world is in a state that is opposite to the light and that's why the bible uses the word darkness the world in the in the in god's expressed will of how we need to understand our world god says the world is in darkness until the light shines the world is in darkness until the light shines that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world now this verse that lighteth every man that cometh into the world is also interesting because as it is written the literal translation of this verse that is found in the Greek at least the Greek text manuscripts that the King James uses is correct this says that Jesus Christ is the true light which means that there are other fake lights which gives us an understanding a little bit it gives us a little bit more insight what does this light really represent it means also understanding of truth but Jesus Christ was the true light he represents the true embodiment of truth, absolute truth. And it says that that light which is true lighteth every man that cometh into the world. It illuminates every man that comes into the world. So this would imply that every individual that is born on earth somehow, some way, God reaches that person's mind and makes himself known. Of course, there will be critics that will say that's impossible because they will give you examples of some person in in, in, the, in the jungles in, in the, of the Amazon in Brazil who do not know God and how could how, how could they possibly How could God then light them if they haven't heard the gospel? If you're saying that the light, if I am saying that the light is Jesus Christ, therefore therefore they must know Jesus Christ. They must know of him. How is it possible? Or they could give you another uh, example of someone else in some remote region of the earth, some other tribe of man that doesn't have knowledge, explicit knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if I was a human being, I would say, yes, rationally speaking, you're correct. That would be very, very difficult to justify this verse. But we're talking about God. We're not talking about how man would make this verse happen. We're not talking about how man can, can, can through his own endeavor, uh, bring this verse to pass. We're talking about God. God. And this, is, and this is very important because, and I'm not being critical of other translations here, please don't misinterpret that, but because if you read every other translation other than the King James, you will find that the way this is interpreted is that, that the, Jesus Christ lights man when Jesus Christ comes into the world. It changes it. It says it is Jesus that's coming into the world, and then when he does that, he lights, he lighteth man very different and I like to believe that what we have here is actually true because it says that God through his love has no barriers and he will reach every man and will expose the truth of himself to every man in a way that I may not understand I'm going to read from Isaiah 42. This is in reference to Jesus Christ. It's, it's a prophecy. Verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I would hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. A few more verses. Verse chapter 60 of Isaiah says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness cover the earth, shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. This is God telling us, speaking through the prophet, in, in the book of Isaiah, that that darkness shall cover the earth and we're not talking now about physical darkness that the light of the Sun is being um, shielded by conditions in our atmosphere but rather that spiritual darkness darkness of understanding of God's existence darkness of our inability to recognize that 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 there is a supreme being that is spiritual that requires us to know him darkness that will cover the face of the earth the whole earth that is populated by man and is only of consequence to human beings it's not consequence of consequence to the animal kingdom it is of consequence to the human beings to the human race that are created in the image of god and god is saying that darkness shall cover the earth That man shall come to a point where he is ignorant of God's existence. And in that ignorance, he will grow more ignorant. It says, and gross darkness, the people, great darkness, will develop in humankind. And out of all our imaginations, being ignorant of God, we will devise every other thing to explain everything we see. Neglecting and ignoring the the idea and the truth of God's existence. But it says here, But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Jesus Christ came to dispel the ignorance that, that permeated the earth, the ignorance that we held before we came to know God, the ignorance that says God does not exist and I am not accountable for what I do and I can live life according to my thinking, to my rational thinking. And God said that he said, This light shall arise upon thee. Jesus Christ will be brought in our midst. And what he does, he will become the light, not just to the tribe of Israel, but to the rest of the world, which which are the Gentile nations, us. This light shall, shall draw man unto him. So much so that even the kings who seek wisdom in this world, and that's really the 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 meaning here that we're talking about people in positions of authority, great authority over man on this earth, even those people will be drawn to the brightness of Jesus Christ. Because what Jesus Christ brings is truth. It is revolutionary truth. And with that truth comes the concept and the notion and understanding that there is accountability, before God for sin. Chapter 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. This is Jesus Christ. This is what he read when he uh, opened the scroll in one of the synagogues in the, in the New Testament time. He quoted from Isaiah. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus Christ came, the light, the light came, and he came to preach good tidings unto the meek. He came to preach good news unto them that are humble, that recognize their need. Because in this spectrum of people living in darkness and in gross darkness and I'm talking about darkness of ignorance of God that within this spectrum people will come to realize that there is a need that they have a need that they they come to recognize their condition that their condition requires support and help and that and, I, and if I can use the word from the scripture that they are wretched that. They wish for better things in this life. That this life has turned out to be not what they had expected. And so they are losing the concept of hope. Hope. Darkness brings no hope. Especially when our finite understanding says that life is finite and terminal. And so the idea of hope when our situation is bad looks very bad. There is no hope. And we see it in this world. We see the expression of what happens when man or a woman or a young man or a young woman lose hope, when they can't see beyond their current misery because they have no light that tells them that there is hope for all conditions. And Jesus says, I was anointed to preach the good news unto the meek, I was sent to bind up the brokenhearted. We are not talking about the condition of man, the prevailing condition of man under a condition of gross darkness. We are in need of good news. We are in need of hope. We are in need to have our brokenhearted, our broken hearts that have been broken through the interaction with other man, through the through, through the the painful interaction of life we need that broke those broken hearts mended and jesus christ came to mend and to offer a a a means by which our broken hearts can be mended and to proclaim liberty to the captives why liberty this is another characteristic of gross darkness that in, in which is lived out every day. We see it that in our, and we could use the word in in our desperate situation to remedy the situation that we're in. We seek for things that bring pleasure, that bring temporary joy. It is temporary joy, whether we understand it or not, whether we we consciously seek after it because we see it as a temporary relief of of our misery. And I'm going to use the word loosely, misery, because that's exactly what it is when we are in darkness so when we in our pursuit to relieve that misery we become captive to sin to the other agent that works in this in this spectrum or this continuum of darkness sin reigns in darkness and it makes man captive as man try to relieve themselves of the misery of Our humanity, under this darkness, under this ignorance of God, we pursue things that we think are going to bring satisfaction, meaning, temporal meaning, for the short period of time and duration that we have here on earth. We're going to seek these things, but they hold us captive. They bring no lasting meaning. They do not change us. They chain us. They hold us down. They only serve to amplify the reality of our situation. That through the filter of our bodies and our senses, we try to find meaning to life, and we fail. And Jesus came to proclaim liberty to those that are in that situation. And that's why he uses the word prison and the opening of prison to them that are bound. Those that look for relief that actually don't want to be enslaved anymore. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. That is what's offered. And that is the verb that needs to be taken by you and by us when we see the light. We need to arise, we need to respond to that light. I want to read a few verses from Matthew. This is the early beginning of the time of Jesus Christ. Shortly after he endured temptation by Satan, after his baptism. After the devil departs from Jesus, now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, John the Baptist had been cast in the prison by Herod, Jesus departs into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the, borders of Zebulun and Naphtalem, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah as the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtalem, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in great darkness, that sat in darkness, saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up the significance of Jesus spending most of his years in Galilee of the Gentiles speaks to that idea that God from the very beginning was going to draw all men unto himself and that he would not differentiate between those that came from Israel or from Jacob the Jewish nation, but that all man. And Jesus resided in the land which was referred to as the Galilee of the Gentiles, that upper region on the coast of Galilee. And the scripture which is found in Isaiah 9-1-2, which is what we've just read here, says the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shone or shined. We are, every man, until we come to Jesus Christ, we are they that walk in darkness. We are they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, the prevailing shadow cast by the notion and understanding that life is finite, unto us the light shone, the truth shone, the light of Jesus Christ came to us. And the question then is, what are we going to do with that light? We have a choice. We can choose to remain in darkness. That is the choice given us. God doesn't compel anyone. He won't force you to leave darkness. He offers you good news. He offers you the ability to have your broken heart mended he offers you freedom he's opening the prison doors of your life he's giving you the option to be free from your captivity he is saying that he's being emphatic that you have walked in the land of the shadow of death you have been in living in the land of darkness great darkness and now He offers you the choice, as he offered me. What do you do with that choice? A similar situation was faced by the disciples and by Apostle Paul. And sometimes Paul met resistance when he preached in the synagogues in the areas where he traveled during his missionary journeys. In Acts 28, verse 25, is this, and when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that. Paul had spoken one word. He said, Well, spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, but not perceive. For the heart of this people, is wax gross or grown great? And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed? They have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and I and should be converted, and I should heal them. So, so Paul quoted from the scripture, from Isaiah's. Chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And he says, God has already proclaimed and described the kind of person that would willingly reject the light while living in darkness. Someone who, who hears but doesn't understand. Chooses not to understand. Because the the option to understand is before every man you can't exercise the freedom to say i want to understand that a little more i want to understand what the scripture is saying a little more i actually have a desire to dig into it a little more it is a choice i make i choose not to want to understand he who seeks will find if you want to understand what the light proclaims you can find out but you have to desire it you won't it won't happen through osmosis and so those that hear shall hear and not understand and those that see will not perceive those that lived in the time of jesus christ saw the miracles they saw who jesus was but still in their defiant resistance they chose to remain blind he told them in in the gospel of john he told them And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see. In other words, if we are in darkness, we have an opportunity to see the truth. He's come to give us that opportunity, and that they which see might be made blind. Here is the consequence of those that say, I don't believe this. I am not going to give it the effort or to to be fair with what i'm seeing and and search it out to see whether in fact it is true i'm going to just categorically reject it and jesus says for judgment i am come for that particular person too that they would say i'm not in darkness i'm not living in the shadow of death i'm not ignorant i know what i know and understand Jesus says, and they which see, which claim to be that, might be made blind. Some of the Pharisees which were with him when Jesus said these things, said unto him, are we blind also? Are we blind also? Is that a question that we may ask God? Did we ask God that when we first came to the exposure of the light? Perhaps we could ask that question in sincerity not knowing our first contact with the word of god with his light may prompt us to ask that sincere question am i blind also am i blind also is it possible that i am living in darkness in the shadow of death am i that person that the light came to jesus said unto them if ye were blind ye should have no sin But now ye say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. God is going to judge without any partiality. He's going to judge us by the things that we actually say. If we say to God that we are not blind, we understand, we see, we have no need for your light i don't have a need to account for my sin or for my my state sinful state that separates me from god jesus says that in such a condition our state doesn't change we remain in our sins and paul said For the heart of this people is wax grows and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and, I should, be, and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you and this is Paul speaking to the Jews. Be it known unto you that salvation of God which, was spoken, which we read in Isaiah the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. So this is the picture this is the picture and we can we're talking about two nations we're talking about or we're talking about two different kinds we're talking about the nation of israel which the light first came to the nation of israel and they rejected the light and god said i knew they were going to reject the light and i'm going to send the message of salvation the light of truth to the rest of the world which are the gentiles and paul says and they will hear it. And that can be paralleled with when one person rejects the truth, but the other person accepts it. The other person actually hears it. The the salvation of God, Jesus Christ, the light, is sent to us. Some will reject it but others will hear it. Who will you be? Who will you be? In the end, the account has to be given to God. The light has shone in this world, has shined in this world, it, is, it has illuminated our minds regarding the truth. It is now up to us to determine whether we accept that declaration of truth, of absolute truth. It's up to us, nothing else. It is up to us to accept the declaration of truth. Kings shall be drawn to the brightness of the light. Man in great power and authority in this world will seek out the wisdom of truth. Those in captivity, those with broken hearts, those looking for good news will be drawn to the light. Those that see themselves in a state far from the expectation of God will arise, will come to the light. Where will you be? Who are you in that category? May the Lord bless his word. Amen. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 36, verse 9, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. Today, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has shone in your hearts and minds. Today, the darkness that clouded our minds has been replaced by truth and grace the expression of god's favor to us his love that light is accessible to all of us the bible says here in thy light shall we see light it doesn't matter how intelligent we think we are it doesn't matter how clever we think we are it doesn't matter how we think we've sorted out life and we've got it all worked out, and we've prepared for the future and we've got everything under control. All those things, when done under our own wisdom and understanding, in our own dark light, if you will, the Bible says, it's just really darkness. The Bible makes that declaration. Will you remain in darkness? When you compare yourself with the kings that will be drawn to the brightness of the light, who are you to resist it? Who do we make ourselves not to want to leave our darkness? Is the darkness we live in worth elevating in our minds far greater than the light of God? that's what we do when we hold on to our darkness we are elevating we are putting value to our wisdom and understanding and comprehension of this world far above what god tells us is the reality of our lives that's what it is you are saying to god my understanding i place at higher value than your declared truth of my reality My understanding of reality, I place at higher value than your declared truth of my reality. That's what we say. And that's why Jesus said, if you want to think that way, you're going to remain blind. And I can't do much. But call you in long-suffering and patience again and again. May we consider what we do with what we've heard. This is serious in the eyes of God. This concludes our service. Amen.